You're listening to the Velocity Podcast. Our goal is simple. Increase the speed at which you succeed. Let's go. All right, guys. So we have a good guest over here. We have Michael Byres. He's, uh, are you, we're going to learn a little bit about him because I have his background and I like to go through those things with the person who we're interviewing right now. And he's got a, a wealth of knowledge in entrepreneurship. Uh, he currently is running Nutrition Factory here out of Murfreesboro. And he's got a other bunch of different locations. And when I ever talk to uh, entrepreneurs, I always like to get that backstory, how they started, you know, who they're, who they had to let go of their lives. There's a whole bunch of things that we're going to get into with Michael right now, but we're going to, we're going to backtrack um, a little bit and talk about when, when I looked at your LinkedIn bio, Mm -hmm. you have all these different companies and you were very um, good at putting started and stopped. And then the next opportunity happened. Are you really focused in on um, focusing all the intention on the current task? Or are you like a, a typical entrepreneur where you're pulling from different strings all at the same time? Yeah, that's a great question. I think if you'd asked me this a year or two ago, I was kind of all over the place and uh, every opportunity that kind of presented itself, I wanted to be a part of. And I think over time, um, you know, Nutrition Factory has always been my baby from the beginning when it started back in, in 2017. And, um, you know, I, I think at some point I just realized how special it was and started pouring everything in the nutrition factory and, and it's paid off, you know? So, yeah, but my, my nature is I see an opportunity and want to help. But what I've learned is, you know, when you try to help everybody, you end up losing focus of your priority. Right on. And part of your bio is like, you know, let me help you. And you Mm -hmm. said that to me, like I came into Murfreesboro in 2016 and uh, my mom got married here. I was in California doing some other things. And I, Michael and I got connected, I think through Charles Rucker, I think he connected us. And, uh, you know, at that time when we, we had initially talked and I was, it was before Rockbox opened, I think I was doing different things and I might've even been looking for funding or investment or partners of things. And we were talking and, um, he mentioned that like, I just like to help people out. And I was like, noble, but, uh, I don't know how that's going to work out in business wise. So it's it's curious. Um, well, tell me where it started. Like, how'd you get on this entrepreneurship journey? Like, give me a little background. You grew up where, like, give, give us a little story. So born and raised uh, west of Cleveland, Ohio, um, spent most of my life there, most of my early life there, uh, got into this industry, just working part-time at a health food store while I was going to school, you know, grew up playing sports, thought it'd be a cool sports, work at a sports nutrition store, but it was more of a health food store and yeah, just fell in love with helping people. It was the craziest thing ever. I remember a woman came in and I just, I didn't know anything about supplements. I was still learning. And I said, Hey, the, the owner always recommends this joint product over here. And she, uh, so she's like, Oh, I'll try it. If that's what Barry recommends. So, um, you know, she tried it and came back a month later and was like, Oh my gosh, you changed my life. Like I'm out in my garden every week now and my knees don't hurt. And you know, just like, it was a cool from a kid who grew up working in a factory job and busting tables and delivering pizzas. It was so crazy to get paid for helping people, you know? So yeah. I think that's probably where I turned the corner and, and fell in love with the space, um, overall. And then from there, I owned a few stores in Ohio. Um, Barry actually just, you know, essentially financed them. I didn't have, I, you know, my, and what dad, were the stores at the time? Where, where, where did you start? So they, they were called Vitatan when I first started at a health food store and it was an interesting concept. It was a vitamin store right next to a tanning salon and the husband and what the wife ran the tanning salon and Barry ran the, the health food store. Okay. And uh, I bought them and changed the name to complete nutrition outlet. Okay. And before uh, you go forward, sure. cause I, I like to stop people cause it's like, it's so easy to look at like, Oh, well, I had the money. I did this. I did that. Yeah. But everyone misses the suck, the grind, where the money came from, because that's the yeah. most important thing. We're not speaking most often to people like you and I, as, mm-hmm. as much as we'll listen to podcasts. Um, but we've, we've kind of figured it out already. So 
for the folks that are actually getting out there that are starting from either college or they didn't go to yeah. college, they're just entrepreneurs right off. Like, how does it even happen? How do you buy a store? Where do you get the credit for that? Or where do you get the money yeah. for that? Like, tell us that journey, that, that yeah. start. Because I that's asked a, Tyler the same thing, I, you know, before. Like, yeah. how do you even do that? So, <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great question. I, you know, my, my dad was a Ford worker. Um, my mom and dad were divorced, but, you know, they were both in my lives. But my dad was a Ford worker, so I didn't have gobs of money in the bank. Right when I graduated, when I was 17, I worked a factory job and, you know, paid like 15 bucks an hour. But I was hungry to pick up overtime and everything. I was, I was just telling uh, Eric the other day who owns the Columbia Nutrition Factory. I told him my story. I, I had over 200 straight days where I worked 16 hours a day, um, seven days a week because it was swing shift. But I'd pick up every overtime because it was half. It was time and a half, double time. So for over 200 straight days, I worked 16 hours a day, seven days a week and just socked away money. Um, and never had a ton of money, but I I was able to buy my first home when I was 19. Um, again, Ohio is a different world than California where you're from, you know, a house in Ohio is 600 bucks a month in house payment, you know? And, um, so anyway, just socked away some money there and then, um, started working at a health food store when I went to school and, just had an opportunity to, to buy a location. Barry was like, Hey, you, you're really good at this. He opened a second location. I ran it, uh, built it up pretty fast. And he yeah. said, you're really good at this. You know, would you be interested in buying it? And I said, man, I don't, I don't have a ton of money. I've got a little bit saved up, but this store is worth a chunk of money. Yeah. Um, so I went to my uncle, he gave me a little bit of money, probably 15 grand. Um, I probably had 40 in the bank yeah. and, um, and then Barry f- financed the rest, which, so essentially he let me pay for his store with money that that store was generating, which that was kind of my, break, I guess you'd say, where someone, yeah. you know, I, I don't think at that point in my life, I could have went to a bank and got 400 grand or something, right. you know? So I was really fortunate that, that Barry, um, um, you know, had looked out for me and, uh, gave me that opportunity. So that's kind of how I got my first break, I guess you'd say. One thing he said in there guys, and don't pick, don't miss this is he didn't buy a location from scratch. He bought a business that was actually mm-hmm. currently going, which Absolutely. is a really smart way to get into it. It's almost like buying into a franchise model where, you know, there's already a, a process in place and you're going to pick up the pieces and, you know, turn something that's actually possibly good um, or distressed and, and do something with it. Mm-hmm. So as, a, as opposed to figuring it out for yourself, earning a brand new clientele, et cetera. So um, did that have, did that sway your decision at all? I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I was there from the beginning and saw the process of building it and, um, you know, already had momentum. So I think it would have been a lot scarier endeavor if Barry would have said, two years prior to that, Hey, we're going to open up a new store out here. If you got 400 grand, let's do it. You yeah, know, it'd have been yeah, a lot yeah. scarier than seeing a store that was already generating revenue. Um, you know, yeah, you do the math. I, I was pretty confident that I wasn't going to run it in the ground since I was right. running it from the beginning. So it was definitely a lot safer than starting a store yeah. from scratch and a lot less scary, you know, for sure. Right on. Cool. Yeah. So from there, what happens? I mean, now you're running this store and where is this at? This is in um, a city called Elyria, Ohio. So okay. same thing west of Cleveland. Um, long story short, without getting too in depth, but uh, Barry wanted to move to Florida and I was looking, the store had exploded. So I was looking to open another store east yeah. of there. And I said to Barry, um, hey, can you come look at it for me? And he said, well, shoot, um, if you're looking to buy a store, I was looking to move to Florida in the next couple of years, but I was going to try to sell my store to you. So why don't you buy my store? Um, instead. So we kind of did the same deal where I gave him a little bit of money and he financed the rest. And so then I had two stores in Ohio um, and just got to the point where um, I guess, you know, I had people in my company, my best friend, Tim, who long, you'll circle back around later. He's, he's with Nutrition Factory now, but, but Tim wanted more opportunity. Um, he was working for me running the, one of the stores and it just got to the point where I kind of grew out of two stores. I didn't really have a place. I really didn't have opportunity for people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have 
money or um, the network to go out and get more money to continue to open stores. Right. And so I was kind of stuck. And at the time I had uh, um, friends out in California that wanted to open up, that wanted to get involved in the nutrition space. And they reached out to me and said, you know, why don't you come out here? Well, we've got investors behind us. And if it goes well, you know, we'll, we can take over the world together, you know, and I, I like that idea. And it gave me almost just gave me an answer to all my questions. Cause it was like, man, I can give Tim more opportunity because now he can oversee the two stores mm-hmm. and kind of give everybody what they were looking for. Gave me the opportunity. If I can go take this out to California and prove it, I can open them up as fast as I can because the money's there now, yeah. you know? Um, so moved out to Southern California. Um, gosh, probably what 2000, what was that now? 2006. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, opened up a store. I trusted the, the investor's choice for location. I didn't know the California market that well. And, um, so I trusted their, I trusted their, um, that was nutrition zone. Uh, no, this was actually, um, I don't even know if I have it. It was, it was called nutrition. O. so I opened that store and, um, literally in 2006, right. When end of 2006, when the economy kind of was taking a crap, you know, and, and I'll be honest, I went out there overconfident, you know, I thought I knew it all because I had to run two stores in Ohio and they were successful. And you go out to Southern California, it's the lion's den when it comes to supplement stores, you know, and I didn't know anything about house brands and, you know, the nutrition shops and nutrition zones out there were doing the whole house brand thing where they would have house brands that, um, only they could get Mm -hmm. and they would pitch them as national brands, but then you would go in there and you'd buy back then it was BSN, Zeno Explode or Gaspari Super Pump. And they'd have them at cost on the shelf and that would pull you into the store. And they would say, man, if you really want something that's going to change your workout, so you want to go with this product and it was their house product. So, you know, I got eaten alive out there, to be honest. I I was, you know, working seven days a week just to keep my head above water. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's where I got another big break. You know, I had an opportunity where, um, Joe Ekstrom, the founder of Nutrition Zone, walked into the store and he said, hey, I wanted to come in to meet you. We have a lot of people that that come to our stores that tell me they only shop with my stores or your store and they like that you're knowledgeable and friendly and helpful and I just wanted to meet you, you know. So we we hit it off. We started playing and we both like sports. We played, you know, played basketball together and softball together and, and stuff like that. And uh, um, he ended up saying, hey, why don't you convert this store to Nutrition Zone, join my team as uh, vice president and help me grow this thing. And uh, so we partnered up and um, I joined his team and I learned a ton from Joe, you know, same thing. I learned a ton about house brands. I was doing a lot of the purchasing um, and just built really solid relationships with all the vendors in the industry. And that was another break for me that, you know, somebody came in and if, if I would have had that one store for 10 years, I don't know that I would have ever grown or learned anything new. I would have just kind of stayed, stayed where I was Speak at. Speak to that right there because so many people will grow with an ego or mm-hmm. grow into business with an ego. And it mm-hmm. sounds like at that point you said, and, and I don't know what decisions it made, maybe it was working seven days a week, but you, you took it upon yourself to say, okay, you know, obviously I'm forming a relationship, which a lot of people won't do. They'll look at everyone as a competitor. Right, right. Um, and it's like me versus them always, yep. as opposed to learning from everybody yep. and making partnerships and friendships. Mm-hmm. And you and then obviously the opportunity got shifted back towards you to say, hey, grow with me as opposed to let's fight each other for right. for market space and share. So what what was the decision that went into that? Um, yeah. You know, That's a good people question. might actually be thinking stuff like that as well. Yeah, so I think it was, I just looked at it and I said, man, if I was going to move out to, California and open up a store tomorrow, A, would I pick this spot? And the answer was no, I wouldn't. Um, B, it was, would I even open this type of store? And it was, no, I wouldn't. I actually liked the nutrition zone model at the time. I thought it was really smart and it made sense and it was cleaner, you know, open a more a health food store model. There's a lot more moving parts with all the vitamin brands and everything. And nutrition zone was more of a sports heavy model, but there's so many sports brands that you can still thrive in that space, mm-hmm. you know? So it got to the point where I was just like, 
tried to just look at it to, you know, it got to the point where getting a consistent paycheck, working a normal schedule, having a normal life and really getting paid. I've said this to, you know, people that work for me as well. And I think at the end of the day, when you can get paid to learn and grow, it's pretty crazy. You right, know, there's people right that pay a lot of money to go try to learn stuff. So if I can be right below this guy yeah. and he's going to, I'm able to pick his brain constantly and I'm getting paid for it along the way. It's like, well, that would be stupid not to take it. I can always open another store in two years yeah. if I get burnt out on working for someone else. But I, this is an opportunity now to learn and I wasn't going to pass it up. How old were you at the time? Oh gosh, 2010. So, uh, 33, 33. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So what do you do with those other two stores that you currently have back home now? So Tim was, Tim was taking care of them. We actually sold, um, there, there came a point where we actually merged two together and, and they were about 15 minutes apart and it got to the point when the economy was low that we were like, okay, well, our lease is up. What do we do here? Mm-hmm. Um, so we merged the two together and had one location in Amherst, Ohio, which was kind of centrally located good for that market. Um, and, and my best friend Tim had bought it from me and, um, you know, and the store was again, same thing. It was doing fine, but it wasn't growing. It wasn't mm-hmm. thriving. It was kind of, you know, I, I always say this. I was very fortunate when I first bought the stores to be in a crazy market when no one else was doing it. There wasn't internet. Yeah. And again, along the way, as people that were better than me kept, you know, growing, we kind of stayed where we were at or we were taking a little bit of a hit, you know? So, um, so yeah. So at this point, one store in Ohio that I don't own any longer and then working for Joe as, as his vice president of nutrition. So where do you go from there? What happens? How do you yeah. get back this way? Tell us the story. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, you know, same thing. I just got, I got to the point where nutrition zone was at about 30 stores and I felt like we were going to grow anymore. And when I joined Joe, Joe, I, I kind of, I wanted to learn, but it's kind of like, once you stop learning, yeah. then it's like, okay, are we going to continue to grow? And I didn't see the future of us growing to 500 stores or 5,000 stores. Mm-hmm. So so I started kicking the tires on me. Maybe I'll start my own brand. I was always curious on that side of the industry. So I had reached out to a, a key partner, uh, Dave Nelson, and uh, with iForce Nutrition at the time, and just said, "Hey, I'm looking to start my own brand or kind of get involved. What, what's your input on it?" And he said, "Well, shoot, I'm looking for a national sales director. Would that be something you'd be interested in?" And I said, "Well, shoot, I've never done sales, Dave. You know." And and he said, "Well, I talked to a lot of the franchisees at Nutrition Zone, and they all like you." And the end of the day, that's life, right? You're selling yourself. So I think you're better at sales than you think you are. He's like, but more importantly, I need you to lead a team of sales reps. I don't need you to go out and sell as much as I need you to lead a team. And you've got a better temperament than me. Dave's very fiery and passionate. So he liked having a filter in between him and his sales reps. Um, So he offered the job and offered me the job. And I, um, you know, was like, man, am I crazy to leave nutrition zone? Like it's secure, it's consistent, you know, and sales is, yeah you know, there's more upside. Yeah, exactly. So long story short, I accepted that position. Um, and again, that's where I really kind of, I guess made a name for myself or built strong relationships, traveled all over the country, visiting retailers, visiting all the top retailers in the country, uh, befriended all those guys, you know, again, because I came from retail immediately, I had a a relationship with those guys as someone on the brand side. Cause Mm -hmm. I walk in and said, man, I've been there. I've owned a store. I've Mm -hmm. worked for nutrition zone. And they were like, oh, that's cool. So you know the struggles that we go through yeah. and you know as a brand what we're looking for, you know. And um, so built really strong relationships across the country. We go to these trade shows and, uh, you know, built really strong relationships with all the different brands and brand owners and sales directors because we go to these trade shows and you spend all day there bell to bell. So when the night comes around, you're going out and eating dinner, having some drinks together. Yeah. So that's kind of those two years of my life are where I really um, just, you know, just got to know everybody in the space. You know, I think the two years with nutrition zone is where I learned a ton about retail. Uh, the two years at I force, I just built really strong relationships with 
both sides, the retail side and, and the um, vendor side. And, um, um, and again, just learned to learn a lot. So I saw what all the top retailers were doing across the country and was like, man, that's really cool. I didn't know that would work anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was so stuck with the nutrition zone model that I was shocked to see <clears throat> some of these other models successful across the country. So, um, you know, and then eventually same thing just got to where Dave was great guy. I learned a lot from him, but I just felt like he wasn't ever going to let go of that kind of that. He was almost, a, I was almost a sales director, but he, so was he. And at the end of the day, he was going to call the shots and I yeah. wanted a little more opportunity to a little more freedom, a little more autonomy, stuff like that. So, um, just actually reached back out to my network and Joe and, and now, uh, a guy, Trent, uh, Ulysses had joined him, um, at nutrition zone and they were, they had started a brand called motivate mm-hmm. and they were looking for a president to motivate and said, well, shoot, why don't you come over and help us with motivate? So went over there, um, as president to motivate and we, um, kind of relaunched the brand a little bit, changed the labeling and changed, added, added a lot of products and stuff. And, um, you know, you can see a theme about every two years I, I move somewhere, but, uh, um, but that was a really, that was a really cool experience. We actually, that was a totally different model. It was more of a direct to consumer model, um, online direct to consumer. We had a lot of really good influencers and, uh, you know, that brand exploded very quickly because we had a lot of influencers off the, the biggest loser and stuff like that, mm-hmm. or related to the biggest loser. And they really drove that brand. Um, so I learned a ton about, you know, building a brand from nothing to something, which mm-hmm. was really cool. iForce was kind of already had some momentum. So I just kept it going where motivate was zero essentially when I joined and, uh, and, you know, coming full circle to here now, it's, um, that's about, that's all I was doing when I moved here in uh, 2000. Actually, that's what brought me here is uh, there was a store in, in Nashville called Mid 10 Nutrition and uh, they were doing really well with Motivate. So I said, well, hey, let me fly you out, take your team to dinner. Just thank you guys for doing so well with the brand. So flew out there or flew out here to Nashville from Southern California and took them to dinner and brought my girlfriend with me, um, Sonia. And, and we, uh, she was like, gosh, I really love it here. And I said, yeah, it's, it's great. You know, I, she's like, I would, I would live here. And I said, well, I remember we were like back in, a, in the back of an Uber going to probably the bar or something. And I said, uh, well, let's just move here then. And she's like, what? And I said, well, there's nothing keeping us in Southern California. Yeah. You know, like if we let's come here and if we don't like it, we'll move, you know, like it's why not? You only live once, you know? Yeah. So literally um, this was, I want to say September, October of 2000, 16 and by january 2017 we were living in tennessee That's <laughs> you know? wow. yeah so um so came so it's just kind of funny that motivate brought me here and then um for the first year that's all i was focused on was motivate just really was really bored with my life i was i don't you know i wasn't building a network i didn't have any friends in tennessee you know financially pro- i was probably in the best financial spot of my life but i was probably the least happy because i wasn't interacting with people i i, I was just kind of I'd wake up, talk to my sales team in the morning, you know, make some sales calls to key accounts. And then by two o'clock, like, okay, well, like what now? <laughs> you know, I and uh, it, everyone thinks that, oh, that sounds so great. You could go do anything you wanted, you know? And it's like, that's cool for like a week, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and then it's like, okay, what's my, what's my purpose again? You know? So um, just started reaching out to my buddies in the industry and said, Hey guys, you know, I noticed that there's only really one or two chains in Tennessee of nutrition stores. And they all kind of focus on pushing their house brands. Um, and they, and all my buddies in the industry that own brands said, Mike, there's, you know, we definitely need a partner in Tennessee, you know? And I said, well, shoot, I might open a store in this little town called Murfreesboro and just see how it goes, you know? And, uh, literally open up the store and, you know, within six months is a top 50 independent store in the country, you know? Wow. And I was like, well, shoot, this is, uh, this was a good, this was a good place to start. And then I just had people coming in the store that wanted to open up their own. And, you know, people say, man, it's, it's crazy that you, 
you know, thought this out and opened up all these stores. I'm like, you know, I get way too much credit. It wasn't thought out. It wasn't a thought out plan at all. That is what I <laughs> wanted to bring him up. And the reason I asked for his backstory is because so many people would just look at the end result and yeah. be like, dude, you're, you just must've just, you know, like they <laughs> yeah. just think it just like poof, like you opened like a gift and it was just like presented to you. <laughs> right. And if you guys listen to what he said, he learned all sides of that business and mm -hmm. in all pieces, he learned how to be, you know, an owner. Uh, he learned how to actually be underneath somebody who had other experience and other, um, you know, different ways that they went about marketing mm -hmm. and selling. Then he went on the other side, the sales force side. So he created relationships around town, uh, around the country in different places. And then he was actually a product owner, you know, something mm -hmm. that's sitting on the shelves. And so he literally, you know, went from all sides of the business. So now where he's at today, Nutrition Factory, mm -hmm. what, how, how many stores do you have? Uh, 12 stores, 12 stores here. And is and that all Tennessee or is that it's all middle around? Tennessee? Yeah. yeah. And then nutritionfactory.com. Okay. So, I mean, he's currently, you know, crushing nutrition factory right now, you know, in this area, it's by far the, the most well-known mm -hmm. supplement brand uh, store uh, that sells products mm -hmm. that I, I could think of everyone mm -hmm. just as nutrition factory. Yeah. And so that's what he's able to have accomplished. But this all started in, you know, 2006, you said, or something of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, or yeah. even before that, because 2006, you weren't out in California. Yeah. 2000, right? So yeah, really it started back in gosh, probably 2000 ish. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, a history of, you know, just learning the markets and different things. Mm -hmm. So awesome. We got his backstory. Now we're going to ask some other things. Sure. Who did you have to let go or what did you have to let go to get where you're at today? Everyone has these influences or the toxic relationships or yeah. these toxic things that are in their life that are, are always holding them back. And mm -hmm. something I always want to ask my guests are, you know, tell us how you let go of certain things that were holding you back, certain people, certain situations. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think, I think ultimately the things that kind of held me back each time were just, were just, I always wanted more opportunity. I always wanted to grow. And then, you know, certain people that were leaders of mine just kind of wouldn't let that happen. So I think the first steps of those were nutrition zone and, and I force were two spots where I had, I, I held lucrative positions that probably were for a lot of people would have been the, their last stop in life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, so I think that was one thing was just, you know, letting go of fr people who I considered friends and leaders and mentors kind of saying, man, I've, I've outgrown this now. I've got to move on because I want to do bigger things, you know? So I think that was probably one of it. I think that, you know, I guess now saying it out loud, you know, that's a good question because it makes me think, but, uh, I think it, what ultimately I think it was just kind of turning that corner of, of seeing myself as a true leader and not just someone who always needed to learn and was always looking up to everybody and like, how do I, you know, I, I think a good leader still always wants to learn, but I think there comes a point in your life where you're like, man, I, I don't, you know, I can do this. Like I've got the knowledge, I've got the history, I've got the experience. So probably just letting go of, uh, um, you know, I don't know what a good word, but the confidence to just, run with it and with fearless, you know, I mean, like, yeah. well, fear, maybe, you know, I was, yeah. I was fearless. I just, I, I, there was never a doubt in my mind that that store in Murfreesboro would do well. I, I never thought, well, shoot, man, that's a lot of money just to throw at it. And what, you know, it was just the, the, the confidence and just the pure knowing that it's going to be successful. You know, mm -hmm. um, I think that was probably the, the biggest thing was, was the confidence to see my view myself as more of a leader than a follower, I guess. And you moved around a little bit. So you probably didn't have a chance to, you know, hone in on these toxic things or yeah. this complacency that's actually in life. Because most often people that stay where they live, you know, they grew mm -hmm. up, you know, as a young kid in, in a town, yeah. if you're still there, you're certainly surrounded by some influences that are probably not uh, helping that, you. Right. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, and I, I think that was, 
you know, going back even further, that was the first step was my family was there and everybody who grows up in that, I grew up in a town of 13,000 people. You grow up there, normally you stay there That's or you right. stay nearby, you know? So I think step one was letting go of that. And yeah. then when Joe was, came and kind of took me under his wing, it was like, okay, well now I got to, Joe was like family. So I got to let go of that and move on. And then Dave was the same. He took me under his wing, you know, and he, you know, and so it's like these people kept, you know, I kept having to kind of like leave family in, in, and trade for the, the opportunity and the yeah. growth, you know, and you that, know, that's interesting too, because a lot of times we'll get attached to relationships, friends, business partners, mm -hmm. and always have to say, Oh, I got to look out for that guy. Or yeah. I'm going to hurt myself a little bit by hanging on to something mm -hmm. because I have this, this support system mm -hmm. or this thing that I've built and grown and I've become attached to. And that's pride and ego a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty amazing that you were able to, you know, detach from that a little bit and say, okay, um, I've set you up as best as I could set you up with right. what I've given you, um, run it, yeah. you know, yeah. exceed, graduate, do yeah. your thing, and then being able to move on. And so that's part of probably his structure, his business contracts, his partnership agreements and things of that nature that he was able to do that. But what can you say to those people that are stuck a little bit or are more hand tied to their business, their partners and things and how knowing that it's probably not good, it's more toxic, it's not helping them move forward. What can they do to get out of things of that nature? What would you tell them? to think about in, in order to, you know, move on from something like that? Well, yeah, I mean, ultimately I, I always say this and with when I'm talking to vendors, employees, whoever it may be, I mean, at the end of the day, it has to be, any partnership has to be a win-win, whether it's a personal relationship, it's a, you know, husband and wife, friends, business partners. And I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, I can't speak too much as the legal side when it comes to, if you're locked into a contract, right. obviously, but when it comes to just, I think most people want the same thing in a business partnership. You know, it's usually they want, you know, two partners who give to the business and want to see the business be successful. And I think at any point where one person is less excited about the business or not as involved or whatever that may be, I think that, you know, sooner than later, sit down and have that conversation with your partner and let them know what, what you're happy about, what you're not happy about. Cause in a lot of cases you can fix that. I think a lot of cases I've been guilty of it where, I'm running around with six different companies and four of my companies feel like I'm not giving them the attention that they want. And mm -hmm. two of them are stoked because I'm giving them all my attention, you know? Right. So I think, uh, you know, but if those companies would pull me aside and say, Hey, we need you every Tuesday for six hours to review this because then I absolutely, I'd etch it in my calendar and that, right. that would happen, you know? And so I think it goes back to what the easiest thing in life is uh, communication, you know? And I think we all kind of overstep that and just get mad at people or, you know, just, take the next step without going doing the simplest step is just, Hey, can we sit down and talk, you know, cause here's some things that I'm really unhappy about, you know, and, and then you see their perspective and you're like, Oh shoot, that, that makes, I have no, I really haven't asked you, you know, I, right. you know, um, cause I've, I've actually led in the way of some of my business partnerships is I let them do their thing because if they're the founder of the company, then I don't want to step on their toes. I want to be here to support you when you need me, but I also don't want to be telling you what to do because you've built this company yeah. and you've kicked ass, you know, on your own. So I just want to be a support system. So I'm over here thinking I'm the best partner ever. Cause I'm not always on your ass about what you should be doing. And you're over there saying, shit, I wish he was around more to help me, you know? Yeah, and sometimes it's just, I bring you on for your expertise and <laughs> yeah. knowledge because it's like, you know, I could tell you and you, you know, this as well at the top, there's very few people that you can lean on for advice that are in your own organization. Usually yep. you're going to outside organizations for Absolutely. counsel. And so a lot of times there's not a roadmap, there's, right? There's not a playbook. There's not a written set of instructions at the top. Yep, yep. You know, you're making stuff up as you go along, <laughs> true, you're yeah. testing, you're trying and uh -huh. seeing the result. And I got to tell you, you know, especially someone who's putting things in play, you don't know the ramifications right, right. now. And you're literally saying, 
I hope this works. You know, <laughs> absolutely. And, and uh, yeah. it's it's amazing because everyone thinks that you got all the answers, right? But it's, uh, it's no. And to touch on that, I think that's. I just had this conversation with my web guy last night. He called me last night. And he was like, "Oh, I'm just stressed out about blah. Something happened where, um, with our website that cost us a little bit of money or whatever." And uh, you know, I said, "Man, it don't ever get mad about money. Like if you try something and it doesn't work, you know." learn from it. And that's the cost of doing business, right? Like right. a lot of times, you know, now if we don't learn from it and you keep making the same mistake over right. and over, that's where I'm going to be pissed off. But if we spend money on something and it doesn't work or we miss something and it costs us some money, as long as we don't miss it again, mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. You it's know? So, yeah. It's so exactly what you said. I think, you know, you said it well, like you don't know what you're doing at the top all the time. There's no playbook, but I, I, I don't, you know, don't be afraid to try things and lose money during those things. Cause you, a lot of times you learn more from those failures. I mean, you hear a lot of people say this, but you learn more from trying something and it not working than you do from the stuff that works. You yeah. Know? And so, you won't know until you put it into play. Cause if it's yep. in your head and you're just thinking about it, you can think about all you want as the people that actually put things together, make it work or, or see if it's going to work mm -hmm. and see the result, test it out, see the analytics. Yep. That's a win. Yeah. Absolutely. And, or no, that's a loss. Let's yeah. go a different direction. Yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's key is, is when you're at the top, just not being afraid to try things for sure. Awesome. So what do you do from here? Talk to me about goal setting. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, we're going to come back to our is nutrition factory, the end all for you right now, because it sounds like we're getting close to your time hop right now. You're yeah. ready, to, yeah, ready right. to hop again. So <laughs> tell me about your 30 day goals, your 90 day goals, your six month goals, mm -hmm. things of that nature. Like how do you prepare for that? Do you have a process that you go with? Um, is it something routine that you do or is it just a thought process you're thinking of? Yeah, I think for me, um, I used to be a, you know, I went to Tony Robbins events and stuff like that and set long-term goals, you know, and I, I think for me now, um, you know, I try to set, we, we always set monthly goals to try to hit sales goals. You know, um, right now we're focused a lot on the nutritionfactory.com side because it's a big opportunity in front of us. And so those are real goals that we set with our team. We recently got a warehouse and, you know, and that, that company has exploded. I think with our, at the store level, um, our focus is a little different given the times is we want to make sure that everybody's still profitable and we want to support our franchisees as much as possible to make sure that they're staying in business and they're happy with their investment and all that good stuff, you know? So I think the store goals were before, um, I was more in grow, grow, grow mode. What, what this whole weird, um, event caused with me was, you know, to stop and look at everything and say, okay, we've got 12 stores in middle Tennessee. Um, if I were to start over, what does that look like? You know, and, um, and honestly, the future of Nutrition Factory now to me would be um, heavily weighted on nutritionfactory.com as the source for everything, almost like bodybuilding.com was mm -hmm. years ago. You know, I, we want to be that next, the, the website in the country that everybody just like, man, have you checked out that website? Like they got all these bells and whistles, super knowledgeable. When I call there, somebody picks up the phone and talks to me. Everything's not robotic and automated. Yep. It's like, real people helping me achieve my goals, you know? So that's the goal for nutritionfactory.com. And I think on the store level, it's to be more strategic. When I, when I um, come across key partners that I think fit what Nutrition Factory stands for, it'd be bring them in the fold as kind of a partner in the business uh, for that location, you know? So where before it was more about you open your store, you run it. Um, I'll give you the kind of the, the blueprint to be mm -hmm. successful, but I don't, I'm not going to be involved in the day to day. Now it would be, okay, let's partner up on a store in, you know, Chicago and um, my team will help you run it, do a lot of the purchasing, a lot of the inventory management. You just got to have a good team. You got to be up there marketing and talking about, you know, so I, I think the future of Nutrition Factory would be fewer stores in key markets across the country. Um, but to say, do I have a goal to try to have 
I don't at zero, like store wide, store wise, I have zero goals. If we had 10 years from now, if we had 12 stores, I'd still be happy. Um, on the nutritionfactory.com side, I mean, we have um, significant goals to try to hit by the end of this year, but then we have a, a huge hurdle, a huge um, number to try to hit next year mm -hmm. um, that our whole team knows about and our whole team is focused on trying to get there. And, you know, the primary guys are web guy because a lot of that, a lot of web sales come back to how much you willing to invest in marketing online. Yeah, you oh know? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, so um, I think that would be, um, but yeah, do I have a process? You know, I, I really don't anymore. I think it's something that um, we, we set short-term goals, we set monthly goals and we set, but I, I wouldn't see, like, I don't have a goal of past 2021 at this point. Okay. You know what I mean? I, 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 I try to, especially given the times I try to, you know, especially even the times yeah. 19 right now, if you're listening to this in the future of whenever you're listening to this 2020, uh, August, 2020 right now, it's uh, crazy times. He asked me how I'm doing. I said, well, besides kicking the political news ass, you know, with like a cross <laughs> and then like COVID-19 trying to wear a mask, not wear a mask, trying to figure <laughs> that out, running my own business. It's wild time. So yeah. we're all experiencing, you know, mm -hmm. unforeseen uh, instances and, and it sounds like he's handling it well. So, let me ask you a question that's personal to me and a fact that I'm a franchise owner, mm -hmm. um, just like, you know, you're, you'd be selling these franchises yeah. you're the corporate location. So how does nutritionfactory.com affect the, the, the local franchise when mm -hmm. people are purchasing, do they get any of the kickback from that? Yeah, do, they do, get, do they get fulfillment? You know, if it's closer to their store, oh, yeah, if it's, yeah, if it's near their store, they get a hundred percent of the profit, you know? So we have a little per percentage that to pack it and ship it and, and the time that we invest, but we don't, if somebody buy, buys a, a product that lives in Hendersonville, mm -hmm. off of nutritionfactory.com, we have an equation and literally that franchise owner gets 100% of that. that wow. So, so that's pretty wild. Yeah, we're not, the, I, I've, I told this and I keep my word from the beginning. I said, you know, the website used to be just a place to show off our pricing mm -hmm. to Tennesseans and it's exploded into so much more. But, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, we have a whole country buying stuff. Um, I, I don't need these, I don't need to, I don't want to take customers from these 12 stores. I do want to keep online shoppers who maybe don't prefer to go into the store this week because of whether it's COVID or this, mm -hmm. they're busy. I do want that Hendersonville store owner to get that sale rather than them being forced to go somewhere else. So I do want our, our franchisees to be excited about nutritionfactory.com and push it as uh -huh. opposed to saying, come in the store, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. yeah I don't want, I, well, you should never be a, your franchisee's competitor. That's right. That's, that's what to. I was getting at. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was I'm glad to hear um, yeah. exactly. So you, you have more, brands, more people, more mm -hmm. bodies, you know, pushing for it because mm -hmm. it's going to, again, help their revenue and their bottom line too. Awesome. So what's the future? You're, you're a dad mm -hmm. uh, at this point. Yep. And, uh, you know, how does that going? Talk a little bit about fatherhood and businesshood, et cetera. Like how's your time? How, how's, yeah. your, how's your energy? How's your stress? <laughs> yeah. It's well, as you know, it's the best thing ever. Um, but it's, you know, my life's different now. I, I used to tell people, I mean, I'd wake up as soon as I rolled out of bed and I'd start work at six and I'd probably be on my computer till eight, you know, and until I got yelled at, you know, and, uh, um, but now it's like, I have, I have a pretty good structured system. I wake up in the morning, I get a couple hours every morning with my son. Um, I make sure I, I cut out by nine o'clock, get to work and then try to get home before he goes to bed. And, you know, and he usually goes to bed between seven and eight, you know? So it's, uh, it's definitely a more structured, it's the most structured I've ever been in my life, you know? <laughs> And, uh, so I literally like even my laptop, I try not to open up my laptop at home. You know, if I, I'll do some emails from my phone, like when someone's putting me to bed and stuff like that. But for the most part, I, uh, I'm really good about quality time with him in the morning. And, you know, I, uh, Brian teach from first form actually said it well, he's like, if you're going to, I actually, I'm going to botch it up, but he said something about if you're going to be present, essentially be present, you yeah. know, just being in the room, 
isn't being present, you know? So I try to, those two hours in the morning with James, I try to be a hundred percent present. I have my phone charging over in the corner. So I'm not worried about who's calling me or whatever. You know, I don't have my laptop out in the evenings. Um, so I think I'm probably the best I've ever been at in my life in, in separating work and personal. Um, and yeah, I guess, you know, a son will do that. <laughs> I'm probably not the best significant other in the world because yeah. I've always put work ahead of everything, yeah. you know, but I think having James has made me just, again, that those couple hours in the morning, those couple hours in the evening, and then literally all, all, all day Saturday, all day Sunday are uh, dedicated to him. And, yeah. and to, you know, to touch on the energy thought, you, I mean, you know, it's draining, you know, it's, you don't really have the whole, I'm just going to sit and let my, my brain rest the time anymore. Yeah. It's, my daughter, you know, she's, she's praying for God for a sibling at this point. Can, <laughs> yeah. God, can I have a sister? God, right. can I have a sister? Yeah. So she's bored and we feel bad because we can't always play down to her level. Uh-huh. You know, we try to do what we can, but for sure, man, she's on us right now. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might get a, a person number two soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You need both. So. Any more plans for kids? Uh, you know, how old is your son right now? Two. Two years old. Yeah, June 23rd. Um, June two. So what are you thinking? Is, is that something coming around? Or are you good with one? No, I mean, I think, uh, I, I think I'd love for him to have a, a, a sibling for the reasons you just said. Yeah. You know, actually, not as much for me, but for him, I think it'd be good for him to have someone to grow up playing right. with. You know, and I, I think all my friends that have done it say the first couple of years are a lot, but after that, it actually gets easier because you've got, you know, when, when he's, well, you know, by the time he'd be three. So when you've got a, a two-year-old and a five-year-old, I mean, they're, they're keeping each other busy right now. Where right now I've got to keep that two-year-old or Sonia has to keep that two-year-old busy. So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely something I think for, that I'd like for, for him to have a, a brother or sister for sure. So right that could be around the corner. Yeah. Now, how about any side projects? Anything you're working on? I know you work with a lot of influencers. You got your hand in mm-hmm. some things of that nature. Anything going on? Any partners, any people that are close to you that you want to talk about or promoter, et cetera. I think I've done a pretty good job. Um, you know, motivate sold last year. Um, I was, I was part of munch. I was part of protein snack shop. So, um, all of those, you know, we went our separate ways on, on good terms and, and those guys have continued to grow their businesses. I think, you know, my focus is still nutrition factory. Um, you know, Charles Rucker with Ruck nutrition, we're partners on that brand and mm-hmm. then, uh, ambition, you know, and Tyler. So, but it's, it's pretty cool because we even, Charles at our headquarters every day doing stuff, you know, so, and obviously Tyler's there cause he works for nutrition factory. So it's, it's really cool because those are, that's a perfect example. Of what I was saying earlier, like those guys drive those businesses. Mm-hmm. I'm there to support yep. and I drive nutrition factory, you know? So I think it's, I probably the most at peace I've ever been in my life of just, you ask what the, is this my last stop? I mean, nutrition factory to me is my last stop. It's my focus, my energy. It's not to try to be another, you know, semi-successful company it's to be the company in the mm-hmm. space that everybody's talking about like you know and, and i think we're well on our way with with um with what we've done so far so quickly you know so it sounds like you found that that happiness right mm-hmm. when people say define success for me it sounds like you just gave me you know your perfect definition because mm-hmm. it's, it's like you're not looking for anything you're you're exactly you're in your world you're in your element mm-hmm. you're present you seems like you have time you have structure for your family yeah define that for me if you were would in words besides the feelings that you gave me is what would you say if I asked you to find success? Um, yeah, probably, I mean, probably a little bit of what you said. I mean, success to me is, is being content with where you're at, you know, being, being happy with all aspects of your life. You know, I think we all separate them, you know, successful personal life, successful business life, what, you know, whatever it may be. But I think, yeah, I think success is kind of being, um, you know, reaching that point to where, you know, I, I, 
I guess it's a hard word, but for me, it's all about clarity. I think I've been the, I'm the clearest now of what I want. Um, I'm, I'm happy with my business structure. I'm happy with my home life. I'm happy with, like I said, that business, you know, that, what do you call it? Business life balance or work life balance, you know, yeah. um, which I've never had, you know, and I've never even believed in. I've, yeah. I've always said that's BS, but I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that um, for me, yeah, success would just be that confidence of waking up and knowing you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know, and I don't know that I've ever felt that way 100%. I've always had in the back of my mind, okay, what's next? What's next? And finally, now I wake up and I'm like, man, maybe another, maybe another little one's next. But other than that, like I'm, you know, if, if I could draw up my dream life, it would be what it is today. So think, would you have success without your kid? Would, do you think that you would feel it? Or for me, for example, yeah. Didn't matter how much money I had. I worked mm -hmm. on Wall Street. You know, I, I didn't make millions on Wall Street, but right. I was doing quite well. Yeah. Um, and I, and I've had the top recognition. I was a bodybuilding.com mm -hmm. sponsored athlete yeah, yeah. on the cover of magazines. No matter how high I achieved, mm -hmm. it was empty. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Do you feel you had that same sense where it sounds like you were doing well financially? You're mm -hmm. you're in lucrative businesses, but was it empty at that point? Did you feel whole? Um, did you, you know, feel successful at the time? I don't know that. I knew what I was missing. You know, if you haven't had children, I wasn't itching my whole life when people would ask me when I'm 30, are you planning on having kids? I'm like, probably not. You know, I'm happy with working and growing and traveling. And, um, but I think it probably was empty. I think maybe that's part of what I was missing. And I thought I was, you know, I thought that another venture would fulfill that need, but it was really like after two years, I'm like, okay, I still feel empty. Mm -hmm. But you know, now, you know, I, I think with, with children too, you, you think differently about, okay, you know, I've always said, even financially, like, oh, the money doesn't matter. You know, it's all about if you're passionate and you love what you do, the money doesn't matter. But really, the money does matter. You know, I, I was having this conversation the other day. At the end of the day, if you're running a business and it's not making you any money, it's not a business, it's a hobby. You yeah. know, it's like if I collect baseball cards for my own personal benefit, <laughs> that's cool. Um, the point the, at the point I start buying them for 200 bucks and selling them for 400 bucks is when it becomes a business. You know, right. so I think, um, you know, I think that's where he's given me a lot of clarity of, okay, I want to build a business, but I also want to build a business that not only sets us up, our family up financially, but sets up everybody who works for me financially. Cause now I have clarity on, okay, I'm sure they want to set up their kids and they want to set mm -hmm. up their family, you know? So I, I think he, James has given me clarity for sure that I didn't have before him. Um, but at that time I didn't know I was missing it, but yeah, that's a great point. I mean, that could have been that emptiness that I, I never knew why I was really working. I was just working to grow something, but never had, but now it's like, okay, now I want to grow this. So James is, in a good place the rest of his life. You know what I mean? So it does give you a different perspective on why you're doing a business for sure. I think for me, it gives me that selflessness, mm -hmm. which is, I think that's, you know, first for me, success True. is like the transfer of about me to about something else. That's about true. Being about something else. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, you're right. Everything I do now isn't about, it isn't about me. It's about, you know, I make decisions differently about how they will affect him in the future for sure. You know, that's a great way of wording it. Yeah. And it's a weird, I don't think I've, that's why I said I haven't probably been the best significant other because I don't know if I've ever been that way until James, you know. Right. So, yeah, that's a great way of wording it.